Welcome to Season 4 of On The Form Podcast. This is a 30-ish minute podcast created to celebrate and showcase diversity within Black Male Thought. I'm Darius Watkins. Yep, I'm Ryan Thomas. Hey man, and we are live, bro. This is episode 58. What comes to mind when you think of 58 episodes? Man, when I hear 58 episodes, it just sounds like a lot of conversations, uh, a lot of good times, man, a lot of good interviews. And man, just happy that we made it this far, man. Most I don't think most podcasts really go this long. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really happy that we're we're, we're here, you know? Yeah, the, um, the average length of podcasts are 174 days. Um, that's the average life of a podcast, 174 days. And we are well past that. We're like in the 200s. Uh, so it's crazy to think. Yeah, and I think if we if we had to count the days, I mean, we're over a year and a half at this point, right? So, yeah, September. You're right. Dang. September. You're right yeah. at the year and a half point. So yeah, by the time this episode is released, it'll be October. So wow, that's crazy. Absolutely. Shout or out to the going, man. I, I'm motivated by the listeners, man. When people give those that good feedback, yeah, that, that's what keeps me going. Hey, man, speaking of shout outs, man, uh, big ups to the big homie, Madeline Plaster. Uh, she has been on the podcast before um, and she's just done great work. But she also gave us a shout out on social media for the for the uh, deconstruction episode. And it was just dope, man. Um, it's always dope giving feedback. Always dope just seeing people share the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, man. Shout out to Madeline. Madeline is a great friend, man. I, I, I need to get to know Madeline more, bro. We need to get her back on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so, so Madeline, if you're listening, go ahead and hit us up. We can we can plan some at your <laughs> earliest convenience. Um, yeah, man. I wanted to make sure you knew this though before we got we jump into this, bro. Oh God. I don't know if you know this, but the week of September the 12th, the Billboard Hot 100, your boy Drake had nine out of ten of the tracks of the top 10 tracks on the Billboard Hot 100 himself, bro. Nine out of the 10 of the songs on the Billboard Hot 100 top 10 with Drake. So, you know, these light-skinned legends just light-skinned legend out here, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I want to make sure we acknowledge that because, uh, Darius, you've had some, some, some shaky takes on Drake. And I feel like at this point, you just have to eat your words, bro. You know what I'm saying? What were, what were my words, if you don't mind me asking? I mean, you pretty much just be hating, bro. Okay, cool. Uh, I can't, cool. I can't cool. read. I can't. No, there are no words. I no. can't remind you of all the hatred. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. <laughs> can't even remind yourself of all the hatred. But with, with that being with that being said, man, uh, it is a great accomplishment for Drake to do that or whatever, whatever. Um, but like, let's be clear. Like, the McRib sells out too. It doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> <laughs> boy you crazy nah man certified lover boy is certified for sure and yeah. uh I, you know not my it's not my favorite drake album but man it's got a lot of it's got a, a couple bops on there that i like so shout out to drake man i'm a big drake fan if I, for those who don't know and darius is a drake hater so you know i have to rub it in his face a little bit every once in a while you know it's all good i don't think anybody but you would call me a drake hater because i don't Call him the the second coming or the the light skin version of Andre three thousand, whatever. <laughs> um, but with that being said, like that doesn't make me a Drake hater. I listened to, to uh, CLB. I liked it. I thought it was a cool little album. I don't think it's gonna be good in the year, um, but I liked it for now. Um, and I don't necessarily like I don't necessarily like Dunda right now um, as much as some people yeah. do. I think that I will like Dunda more in five years than I will for Drake in five years. Um, yeah. Drake's music is about like the average life of a podcast. A little bit worse, 174 days, maybe. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. So. 
Nah, you're right, though. I agree with that. I think Donda's definitely going to age better just because Kanye's music usually does age better. And Drake's, Drake's more of an in-the-moment type guy. He captivates the moment, and that's what he's been doing for the last over 10 years. So shout-out to him and shout-out to Kanye, man. Praying for Kanye, man. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm going to say by him. Yep. Man, but with that being said, man, this is an episode that, like, I think that we, we both have um, a good bit to say about. Uh, this is a three-fourths of the year reflection episode. So we're just going to talk about our reflections uh, through three-fourths of the year. Because by mm-hmm. the time this episode is released, it will be almost October, which will be, which will mean three-fourths of the year is over. Uh, but with that being said, I do want to give a quick disclosure. We're not going to talk about January the 6th. Uh, we've already done, like, a full episode on that. Um, Exhausted it. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to if you want to hear our thoughts about that, we literally did an episode the day or maybe even the day after it happened. So like, if you want to hear our thoughts, go back to that episode. So we're not going to talk about that today. But with that being said, like we are going to talk about other reflections. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, man, we have we're, we're three quarters of the way through the year, um, and I feel like there's like so many things that we could touch on. But like like Darius said, there's so many episodes we've done exclusively exclusively for mental health and things of that nature. But these are just some things that we've taken note of, you know, and that's kind of been reflecting upon, you know, at this point. So what's your first one, man? What you want to start off with? Yeah, man, I'll start positive. I feel like that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, so with that being said, man, um, it's actually a tie. It's two books that were released. One is I Am Restored by Lecrae. Another one is Urban Apologetics by Eric Mason. And I feel, like, I feel like both of those books are really, really important, especially like for the black Christian community who may have struggled with some things, uh, may have some struggle with uh, things that have been normalized in like a westernized, uh, primarily white Christianity. And I think that like these books, like both combat them in different ways, whereas um, I Am Restored is kind of like an uh, autobiographical book. Urban Apologetics is apologetics for black people. Right. And I, you know what, man? I think Urban Apologetics is dope, by the way. Just mm-hmm. because of the fact that, man, we're, we are living in a culture where people are always asking the big, hard-hitting questions uh, mm-hmm. to Black people about our faith, you know? Yeah. It's like, why are you still in the white man's religion? And, you know, why don't you get back to your African spiritual roots? And why don't you get back to the Egypt, what they did in Egypt and things of that nature? And, you know, people, because we're so, you know, we've been so destitute of our own history because it was stripped away from us, mm-hmm. a lot of times that stuff can sound really appealing. So you do have to have an answer for like, man, why do I follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do need to, as a black man, be able to tell my other black brothers and sisters why I believe in Jesus Christ and why I follow him. So, man, apologetics is a, a huge topic, man. Life-saving, faith-saving even. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and, and real quick, I'm kind of going off the cuff here. Um, and this is kind of like not in order. This is bad pot, whatever. Um, but as we're talking about our reflections and things that we've like seen, observed and learned, like, is there anything specific that you've seen, observed and learned about yourself thus far this year that, that like you've taken note of? Yeah, yeah, man. Most definitely, man. The first thing that comes to mind for me is just like what I've learned about myself over the course of this year is just how needy I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm actually a very needy person. And I, I don't mean that in the unhealthy sense. I mean it in like the this is the reality of the situation type sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and what I mean by that is like, man, I I need like a lot of things, relationships. Yeah. I think the pandemic showed that I really need relationships. I need like certain types of affirmation and love um, to be shown in certain ways. And when I don't have that, it kind of just kind of, you know, I, I'm not my best self. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. In, in a way, God kind of created us to be needy. You know, we need him. 
But yep. then also we need one another, you know, and I realized just how needy I am, bro. Like if I'm not, if I'm not reaching out and, um, you know, keeping those relationships alive and they're beginning to like dwindle, then that's not really, that's not the way God made me, you know, mm-hmm. if you're an introvert by nature, maybe, maybe that's what you can do. But for me, you know, I need that kind of like uh, positive reinforcement, those relationships and things of that nature. What about you? No, that's, that's good, man. That's that's like super good. Uh, and also encouraging just to hear. Um, I think for me, like what I've learned is that like I'm more of a flighter than I realized, uh, which means that like in times of conflict, in times of strife, in times of trials, I guess you could say, you usually have reactions to fight or flight. Some people will say freeze, um, but like I'll say fight or flight. Um, and I think that like I realized that like instead of advocating for myself or instead of like tackling issues head on, uh, I tend to flee from those situations, whether it be mentally, physically, emotionally. And, mm. I, I've, and I've learned that like through um, just my time at school. Uh, and when I say school, I mean work because I work in a school, um, my time in school, my time with friends, um, relationships that have grown and relationships that hadn't grown and like the, role, the roles that I've played in them. I've learned that in marriage. So like, I'm just really trying to push myself to like truly advocate for myself, even when, uh, especially when I may be putting myself in a position that's not good for myself. Um, like right. this is today is Tuesday. This episode is probably going to be released on Thursday. Um, we were supposed to record last Thursday, but I, I I was able to you know what I'm saying advocate for myself and saying that yeah Ryan like today is a terrible mental day for me to do this. Like I don't have the capacity to do this episode right now, and it was right. helpful. Um, that you the first thing you said was th- I appreciate your honesty. Like, so like you kind of like helped in that instead of just like, you know what I'm saying? Making your first reaction, like, well, bro, we got to do it. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, I think that's like what I have learned about myself. Yeah, 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 man. That's super good, bro. And I do think that's that fight or flight thing is real, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I can be a hider. I know I can hide when things get rough. Yeah. You're going to go on my way. I'll just fall off the grid, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. My phone will be on, but I just won't be looking. I won't answer. <laughs> you know, right, bro. You 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 saying how I can be with text text? So you already know what the deal is. <laughs> Three days later, <laughs> did you see a, a screenshot I sent you of like 50 unread text messages? Oh no, I don't think you sent me that, bro. I, I did send it to you in response, oh, you like why I responded so late to you. But it's all good. It's all good. Oh, okay, I have to. I check my phone later. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Give me your um. Give me one of your reflections. Yeah, man. Actually, one of my. My first one is going to be the uh, diversification of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the white population is showed to be shrinking in 2020 for the first time in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually dropped from 63% to about 57 So getting close to that 50% mark, and then once they're below 50%, obviously, they're, they're no longer the majority. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just reflecting on that and how, man, you know, it's actually a very good thing, in my opinion. Um, I know that, that, you know, for white people, it might be a little daunting because it's such a big change. Um, but I think that part of the issue that we see with uh, immigration in this country, like even talking about what happened at the border recently with Haiti, um, what happened in Charlottesville, where mm-hmm. the guys were carrying the tiki torches saying you will not replace us. You know, there's a lot of fear involved with it. And it's primarily because of the desire to keep power. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The desire to keep the power of the United States of America through numbers. And mm-hmm. man, one, one reason I say it's good, though, is because if you are a believer and you are a white believer, this is actually an opportunity to embrace what heaven is going to be like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a diverse place. 
Um, you're gonna have black people, you're gonna have white people, you're gonna have Indians, you're gonna have Asians all in heaven together for eternity. And mm -hmm. so I think as, as an invitation, I would make this invitation to my white brothers and sisters out there. Don't be afraid, you know? I would say, embrace it. Um, embrace the diversification of America. You know, I feel like scraping for power, um, it's, it's, been, it's caused so much devastation already. You know, like I said, Charlottesville, the bombing of Black Wall Street, you know what I'm saying? All those things, man, those things are power grabs and, and it's not of God, you know, to be that way. Now, I know, I know speaking as a minority, I can't really, you know, um, tell a white person how they should feel, mm -hmm. but I did want to give some hope in that, that, you know, it's going to be a diverse heaven. And, and we have, you know, we, we should live in a diverse earth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, um, as far as it relates to like, you know what I'm saying, like diversity and stuff like that, like physical representation and even geographical representation, like I think that that's important because like Jesus ain't coming back until like every nation and tribe has heard the word, you know what I'm saying? So like clearly um, that matters, like representation matters um, and as well as the geographic location matters. Um, so I think that like it can be a good thing, but I would just like caution people also um, to know like the history of whiteness and understand that like race is a social construct. So that can like always evolve or devolve, um, depends yeah. on how you look at it. So, I mean, Irish people didn't used to be considered white, nor did Italians, uh, I mean, nor did Jews uh, to, to, some, to some degree. And even like in Charlottesville, like they were, they had some pretty anti-Jewish language. Um, it had some real Nazis there too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so like in, in that, like I think that like I'll be curious to see how whiteness continues to evolve in that, um, because yeah. I think that like again when it's a social construct, then like there's always room to move. Like even yeah. like, historically in Bacon's Rebellion, it's like oh dang, well, well these Irish people kind of mad. Let's go ahead and get these folks some land and still and still like you know what I'm saying like make them feel better than the other. Group. And like we know that like mm -hmm. historically we are people who like to look down upon each other to some to some degree or like to have superiority over another group. So like what happens when you give another group superiority? Like does it still end up being like one group at the bottom, so to speak? So yeah, yeah. And I, and we and we know the way we treat the immigrant, the foreigner, mm -hmm. all that stuff matters. And the way we're acting at the border is absolutely terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now obviously we can't just have open borders. Nobody's calling for that, but mm -hmm. we are called to love the immigrant well as they come to legally seek asylum and yeah. so that's what i've been thinking about man that's my first one yeah and as far as immigration and stuff like that goes like we should have an episode on that in the in the near future um it was actually supposed to be yeah, this yeah. week but stuff happened uh, yeah. all right. oh but <laughs> but yeah, change of plans, man. You know, life happens. Uh, but yeah, speaking of diversity, though, that, that's actually a pretty good transition into like my next one. Uh, my next reflection of what I just thought was dope this year. Um, Shang-Chi. Have you seen Shang-Chi, the Marvel movie? Yeah, no, I haven't seen that yet, bro. Man, it, it's dope, man. Um, I think it's great representation. I think that it does a good job of showing diversity within like Asian culture, because like historically um, in America, we see them as one. Uh, we see them as uh, we have have these stereotypes uh, as it relates to that. Oh, dang. Asian movie, they can be fighting. They can be whatever, whatever. Everybody's going to be smart. Everybody's going to be quick. Everybody's going to be short, probably. Like, it's always like, you know what I'm saying? It's always these stereotypes that go to that. But, like, this movie, like, did a really, really good job of combating that. Um, and I think that, like, it's the it was the perfect time for that movie 
um, just because of everything that's been going on. Even like when you see um, Asian hate crimes at all time highs and stuff like that. And when you see all these things that's, that's happened this year in Atlanta with, with people getting killed at, in massage parlors and whatnot, um, you see that you see videos of men hitting women, uh, men hitting Asian women, like just in the street and stepping on them and whatnot. Like we saw that during COVID and, and whatnot. So like it was refreshing for me to see this during that time. And as an MCU fan and for, for people who don't know MCU, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's just like within the re- within the realm of Marvel movies. Like I'm excited to see what they do next with this char- character that they've created because it's, it's a lot of potential. And I think I know what's going to happen, but like I'm excited to see what happens. And it's good to see representation there. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm definitely gonna say about that. One more, one more thing. Yeah, I mean to cut you off, but like, just to kind of like tie it all up, I think that it is like Black Panther was to Black people. Mm. That's how. That's that's kind of how I see it, especially like during the time of what's going on right now. Right, right. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out, man. I'm also a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, everything Marvel, to be honest. (laughs) But uh, yeah, man, you know, it's 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 interesting because while you were talking. I, I started thinking about Asian stereotypes, bro. Mm-hmm. And then most of them that we have, at least that I've seen, are like positive. You know, they're smart. They know how to fight. You know, they know how to make some good food and chicken and stuff like that. For the most part, they're all positive. But at the same time, it's such a narrow view. You know what I'm saying? And it, it doesn't really get express the complexity of what a human being is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I like I like shows like that that open it up where you can see like, oh, this is how it is to actually see Oriental culture expressed mm-hmm. in different ways. Like Crazy Rich Asians was a good one too. I like that. Yeah, that, that was dope. And and like one thing I'll say about like the positiveness is that like we see it as positive, but like I think that if you were, and I have talked to talked to people who are who are Asian about this, like mm. I think that if you were to talk to them they would say that you're disqualifying like their smartness and you're attributing it to their race. You're saying that they didn't mm-hmm. earn this. They didn't work for this. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, yeah. like, I know I'm good at math or I'm good at science or I'm good at the piano, whatever the case may be, because I'm Asian, not because like I work my tail off for this. So I think that's what they would say about this. So like, I wouldn't necessarily even consider that positive. Ah, see, that's a nice perspective, man. I appreciate you saying that. And uh, send all your hate mail to Darius if you're Asian. <laughs> <laughs> there is Watkins at blank blank.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah send, send your hate mail for uh advocating. That, that sounds great. <laughs> nah, but anyway, um, yeah, man, that's that's super dope. I have to check that out. My next one is uh I want to give a shout out to Mo and Doe mm-hmm. over at Rooted Life Podcast, man. Uh we've oh. had them on the show before. Um, we talked about purity culture, yeah, and man, man, they're just out here killing it, man. Uh, right now they're doing a series on their podcast about friendship. Um, So they're kind of just walking through all these different types of friendships, you know, like um, toxic friendships, immature friendships, friendships, you know, when you don't have friends. And I feel like, just like I said before, I realize how needy I am for friendships and like how important that is to me. But at the same time, I like the perspective of these two women because Mm -hmm. women do friendships way differently than men do. You know what I'm saying? Like they they go, they there's so much more depth, there's so much more layers to the friendships, you know. And so I, I feel like I'm learning a lot from them, mm-hmm. as well as you know, they also just hosted a conference recently, man. So shout out to Mo and Doe, um, Rooted Life Podcast. Check them out. Um, they've been on my top of my app list uh for the rest this whole year for the most part. 
Yeah, man. They, like you said, they're doing dope work, man. Um, and, and they really motivate and encourage me just because I see like people who are in the same space as we are um, in the same capacity, but just doing it on like a whole nother level, like hosting like the Black Christian Influencers Conf uh, Conference. Like they are, um, they have like a Bible plan, like a Bible study in the Bible app. Like that's that, like they straight up wilding right now. Like it's crazy. Like it's crazy to think that like they came on our podcast um and it's crazy to just see like where the, where where they they've gone and where they're going to continue to go so for real shout out to mo and Doe. the next one for me um man i'm gonna have to shift gears a little bit i'm not gonna lie to y'all um but like i am gonna have to shift gears a little bit uh this one i just i just title it like rotten fruit um and with mm -hmm. that like i think that like during i think that historically we have as a country um, not believe people, particularly minorities, when they said that they experienced things. Uh, so when minorities said they experienced things back during the civil rights era, nobody believed it until you saw until you saw it on video, um, and then you had to believe it. But even then, people still chose not to believe it. Um, and then and then like you fast forward fifty years later, and now you have social media that's like doing the same thing again for minorities. Um, and I'm going somewhere with this, but like we have to like at least look at it historically. And just look at like what black people said like about their lives and about how police treated them and so on and so forth and people saying no that's not true no that's not true no that's not true what about this they hit, they hit you with the what about isms and whatnot and then now we're in a time where people are arguing with medical professionals about a medical issue mm, right. like like and and like i yeah, I mean that's that's the most out that I'll that's the most out that I'll go and like describing what I'm saying, but like you shouldn't be arguing with people who actually like went to school uh, and studied like medical issues and see these med and see like the effects of these issues every day um, in their workspace. Like, but like that's what we're doing, and that's the fruit again. That's the fruit of what? Like, it's the fruit of not believing people when mm -hmm. you could have done this ten years ago. But we right. set the groundwork for that, and honestly, like some of these people who are saying like, hey guys, this COVID stuff is real. You guys need to do this. You need to do this. Maybe they say you need to get vaccine. Maybe they say you need to wear a mask, whatever the case may be. Like some of these people are the same people who didn't believe other people's stories. If I'm just yeah, being, yeah. being honest with you. So like, and now we see like the rotten fruit of it and it's discouraging, um, but it's also, it makes sense. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like that's, that's a difference between ignorance and willful ignorance, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, and a lot of these people are willful, willfully ignorant, bro. And I think obviously we know it came from, it, it didn't come from here, but uh, those seeds were planted or watered by Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like, you know, <laughs> everything is fake news. You know what I'm saying? Everything's fake news. You know, uh, I, I create narratives and I believe my own narratives based off my own biases. You know, that's kind of like the, the rotten fruit that you're talking about. And I also feel like this, man, I know it's going to sound a little harsh, but I've gotten to a point now where, you know, we just have to give people the right to die, bro. They want to go out there and die. You just have to give them that right because that's clearly what they want to do. It's like, hey, I want to go out without a mask. I don't want to get a vaccine. I want to live my life. It's like, okay, you're at risk of dying. You know that. You know the risks. But this is the United States, so I guess you have that right, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna push on a couple of things. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I need to push because um, <laughs> because I don't feel like it's fair to say it like. We, we had Johnny Pineda on the podcast like way back when, when we did the Come to America series. Um, right. He talked about like Donald Trump a little bit. Um, he talked about how like Donald Trump is not necessarily like the reason why I believe that he's uh, more so just exacerbating the symptom. Um, and I think that like these people have this stuff in their heart, like they just, 
would like somebody to um, echo those thoughts. Um, so like, so like, I, I'm not gonna put it on, on him. I'm gonna put it on them. I'm truly gonna put it on those people. Yeah. Um, and I think that also I would say that like the language of like, if you want to go out and die, you can. I would say that like, I don't necessarily know if that's true just because more often times than not, you're not gonna die, um, but you don't know what you've done to your neighbor. So I think it comes back to like loving your neighbor well, like, and and how are we doing that? So like, that's, that, that's, all, that's, that's all I would push back on um, in relation yeah. to that. Like, I, I get the sentiment of what you're saying and whatnot though, to be perfectly clear, but I do think there's like a little bit more nuance than that. Um, so. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus got to work on me a little bit because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what, the way that spilled out of me just then probably wasn't the most articulate way to say that. But, you know, obviously, you don't, do want to care about your neighbor. You're 100% right. And I don't want people to die. I really don't. Mm-hmm. However. <laughs> in in con- context, y'all, it is 11.01 p.m. Uh, as we, we are recording this. So, uh, so It's late. <laughs> yes, so it is late. So I just want to give it some context as to why. uh <laughs> Some guards, maybe now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, what's your next reflection, though, or your next moment? Yeah, 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 man. My next reflection was uh, the death of DMX this year. Mm. Uh, man, you know, DMX was very complex, and I think he he's he's a good representation of just the complexity of, like, human nature, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, when DMX first started his career, he was known as, like, a savage, ruthless, heartless rapper who had, he was a ladies' man. He didn't care, you know, he was a thug, he was hard. And, and you know, that was his lifestyle. And um, throughout the years, I saw a awakening happening in DMX, man. He began to do, go on spiritual journeys. You know, he started, um, you know, going out into the desert, praying, you know, he was always seeking God in some type of way. And late in his later years, man, he was just like on fire. I would say he was on fire for, for Christ. And uh, man, he had a lot of uh, different interviews where he would, pray with people, mm-hmm. um, pray with the interviewers before the interview, after the interview. And, you know, he would always have like a, a testimonial type vibe of like, yeah, I'm ready to tell y'all what God did in my life. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you talk real rough, like, you know, I'm going to tell you what God did in my life. You know, it's like DMS got that growl still because he's the dog, but. Hey, that was almost you know, spot on. Yeah. You know, it's like, see, <laughs> I ain't practice that either, bro. <laughs> you know, but. But my, my point is he ended up, even though he had that love for God, he ended up overdosing. Mm-hmm. on um some some drugs i don't remember what it was but he overdosed and, and passed away mm-hmm. and the thing that i reflected on was like man two things we have to always be willing to let people grow and evolve um we have to be able to give people grace um and we also have to realize like human beings are just very complex bro you know what i'm saying if you're walking with god and you're a christian like that that junk can be a roller coaster ride you mm-hmm. know yeah. Um, and so like for me, I feel like for DMX, we we have to we have a lot of lessons we can learn there with him. Um, and, 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 you know, his biggest thing that that really jumped out to me was like the opioid crisis that we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how we view the victims of the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. Like we view them as like, man, we really got to get them some help. We got to make sure they got some health care. We got to get them off the drug. They're addicted to what for whatever reason they're addicted. And then we look at somebody like a DMX and we're like, oh, he's just a drug addict. You know what I'm saying? No empathy, no sympathy, no compassion, you know? And so I think my biggest reflection is just like, man, we gotta be slow when it comes to making quick snap judgments on people. 
uh, just based off of the way they they left. <laughs> Why would you do? That? <laughs> okay, uh, all right, y'all. So for for those who can't see, everybody. Uh, I renamed Ryan something that I can't repeat in the group. The, uh, <laughs> this man went on the, the Zoom and changed my name. It just threw me all the way off. I'm, That's I'm all good. Try, try to continue, bro. I'm going to talk about empathy or sympathy. And here, here you come. <laughs> changed like 10 minutes ago, though. <laughs> I just noticed, bro. <laughs> but anyway, back on the back on topic. Um, like, yeah, we, we just have to um, be slow to make snap judgments about people. And also, because of social media, we feel like we know people, bro. Like, we can see their life day by day for years and then we can make judgments on people i feel like dms just goes to show man people evolve they, they have the right to evolve make sure you give empathy sympathy and compassion and don't make snap judgments about a person's relationship just because they might have died tragically their relationship with god that is and so yeah that that's that's my reflection on that man yeah you, you dropped some gems man i can't even lie uh that was really really good um and yeah i think the dmx death touched a lot of people um, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's crazy to think and like even like in talking about like drugs and stuff like that um there's there's a female rapper named mumu fresh um she's done a song with toby toby weekway uh, but she got bars man um and she actually talked about it in the song it's, the song was called no peace it was with black thought um and bust around she said they do drugs stay the victim if you do drugs you get booked through the system they kids <laughs> act up in school they see the principal if our kids act up we met at the municipal Ooh, i like that so i like and she said, she spazzed the whole verse. So if you hadn't heard it, listen to it. But like, yeah. I feel like they're like perfectly describes what you're talking about. And it's just crazy to think about um, how two things can be viewed com- completely different. And like, obviously like we'll never know DMX's life. Like, I mean. Yeah, what is, never, where he is now. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, Samson is in heaven. David is, David is in heaven. And it's, <laughs> it's a lot of people in heaven. And like, even like, you know what I'm saying? Jesus did save like, one man like literally right before he died who was probably like a criminal for a long time and he saved him like seconds before death so we don't know um absolutely you're 100 right man and we do have a deathbed gospel which mm-hmm. is which means that a person can be on their deathbed receive christ and wake up in heaven after they die mm-hmm. so yeah man i think it's really important because like like you said would we say that a person who was addicted to opioids mm-hmm. and they die in that addiction that oh you're going straight to hell mm-hmm. especially if it's a well-to-do, you know, person of, white person. (laughs) 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 Hey, I was trying not to say white person. I was like, how could I say this without, all right, I just said white person, Mm -hmm. Uh, well-to-do, got money, you know, uh, maybe even a guy who's worked in the community for years. Mm -hmm. But he died in the same way that a a person like DMX did, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is, you know, empathy, sympathy, and compassion. Those are the big three we got to have. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean Jesus mourned, Jesus mourned and mourned on his way to save Lazarus or to bring Lazarus back to life. He knew he was, but he also knew the pain of the of uh, Lazarus's family. So like, it's it's just it just continues to go back to loving your neighbor. So like, I think that's the gist of it. Like, how do you do that? Um, and how are we not divisive in our speech? And how are we still uh, portraying compassion, uh, compassion, empathy, and sympathy? Like you already said. So like, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Um, on that um but with that being said i do have like one last one and this is like probably the most underrated moment like in like the christian sphere of 2021 like i feel like it it went like extremely underrated 
Justin Bieber released a gospel album. Like, mm. like the, the biggest pop star on the face of the earth released a gospel album with Chandler Moore, um, Tori Kelly, and all these all these artists that like have ties to faith and whatnot. And like, he 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 did it because he wanted to. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like that's like that should that not go good. unnoticed. Like, and I mean, I've seen his concerts since then. I've seen. I've seen like Tori Kelly and Chandler Moore come out in his concerts and, and him like explain the gospel in the best way that he knows mm-hmm. how to. Um, and also have people like on, on his team uh, do that. And what's what's the pastor's name? You know what? It's Judah Smith. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, like it's been these crazy moments and whatnot. And like, I think that like there's something that's gone extremely like underrated. And, and like everybody mm-hmm. was so quick and this kind of like speaks to culture as a whole. Like everybody was so quick to talk crazy and and like throw him out like when he had that wild season. And he did songs about it. Like he met, he had songs about that like in his gospel album or his Christian yeah. album, whatever you want to call it. Like he had songs about that and talking about how, how everybody wrote him out and like people didn't understand his story and didn't understand like where he was at that point in life. And I think that that just goes to, goes to show you that like nobody's out of reach. Like nobody's out, out of God's reach, even like the most famous person in the world that you wouldn't think come to god like it's there like yeah we can't say that he's not there you can if you say it if you say that then guess what you and sin because you're not god so (laughs) so i I think that was like the most underrated moment of the year and also like one of the most special moments of the year because like i have no doubts that like kind of like when tim tebow was playing for florida and he Mm -hmm. put philippians 413 on his do you remember that when he put philippians 413 on his eyeliner or i I, yeah, I, little, little uh, ice patches, whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but that was like the most Google, th- that was the most search thing in Google. So mm-hmm. like how much more will like this, how much more will this album impact people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I, I respect Justin Bieber, man. I remember when he first started. Matter of fact, I remember when he started spiraling out of control with all of the stuff he was doing. And then I remember when he linked up with the pastor of the church. And I think they said he just like, he just poured out his heart. And you know, ever since then, he's been on that journey, man. So, yeah, you being a celebrity, things are like twenty times more difficult when you're trying to like pull yourself up, and you got the whole world laughing at you. You got the whole world rooting against you. You know, ah, man, he's always gonna be a drug addict. He's always gonna be blah blah blah. I, that's that's how I also feel about Chris Brown too. I'm praying for my boy Chris Breezy, man. I want him to come to the faith as well. <laughs> but that's just a side note. But uh, I respect Justin Bieber's walk, man. And I I, I haven't heard the album. Uh, but I did know he made it. Uh, I'm not a big Bieber fan like you are. Maybe you can tell me uh, some of the, the the top songs to listen to, and I'll just listen to those. How about it? Oh yeah, for sure. All she wrote. You got to start there, um, okay. and then probably where, where do I fit in? And then af- after that, I would do where you go, I follow. And this is a gospel album, but it, like it has like pink sweats on it and stuff like that. So like it's it's okay. really really dope. Um, Chance is on it too, right? Chance the rapper. Chance. I don't think Chance is on this album. Okay, that might have just like been a he, that he like did. he was on the song Holy, but that was a single for his other album. And that's the other thing that like he's been dropping little hints in albums, like yeah. the Purpose album. Like the so- last song was called Purpose, and it was definitely like a song to God. So really, really, really cool. So I mean, that was super dope, and I was just encouraged by that. Yeah, shout out to Bieber, man. I'm not mad at that at all. Yeah, man. Um, Man, so let us know what y'all thought about that. Let us know if there's anything that we missed. Like, it's so much stuff that goes on. Um, it's so many things that we could have talked about, but like, we just wanted to kind of put it in like as few things as we could just to make it more concrete and more concise, man. Uh, but let us know like what y'all thought.
Absolutely, absolutely. And hit us up on Instagram at Unconformed Podcast. Let us know what you think about the episode. And hey, if you have any reflections or things you've been thinking about, let us know what those are for the year of 2021. We only got three months left and then we'll be on to the next chapter. So hey, that's real. Um, and let me get one last shout out real quick. Hey man, shout out to our guy, Alex Parker. He he um, recently, Alex Parker has a podcast called Mid-South Boogaloo. Um, it kind of like mm-hmm. talks about the um, the crossover between Latin culture and uh, black culture and how they've always kind of coincided with each other. And he actually just did um, an interview with, with the Memphis Latino company. And he they asked him why he started the podcast. And he mentioned our podcast is one of the reasons why he started his podcast. So oh. shout out to uh, the big homie, Alex Parker, and also... Happy Hispanic Heritage Month. It is September 15th through October 15th. I don't know why it's those days, but those are the days. <laughs> okay. Shout out to the Hispanic Heritage Month. Okay. I didn't uh, even know that, man. I'm going to have to do a little research on that. But yeah, shout out to Alex as well, man. But with that being said, man, uh, we got some dope episodes coming to y'all real, real soon. I hope we hope you guys like this. Uh, we got episodes on friendship. We got other episodes that's coming out. So be on the lookout for those. But for Uncle Farm Podcast, I'm Darius Watkins. I'm Ryan Thomas. And we out.